Hi, I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism here in Boston, Massachusetts. And everywhere on the internet. (laughs) Welcome to our first inaugural podcast. We're excited to be speaking to you in this manner. Before we get started, we do just need to say we are not doctors. We don't play them on TV or on podcasts. Um, We're herbalists and we are holistic health educators. Any ideas that we discuss in this podcast do not constitute medical advice, even if we stutter. Our home state, Massachusetts, does not license herbalists. These discussions are for educational purposes only. In discussing any discrete condition or symptom, we aim to keep our conversations general enough to outline the major relevant factors as we see them, and also to provide guidance and insight into the points of variation among individuals and how that will affect a plan or protocol. We wish to remind you that good health is your own personal responsibility. The final decision in considering any course of therapy, whether discussed on the internet or prescribed by your physician, is always yours. Okay, so we're not doctors. There you go. We told you. So, uh, for this podcast, uh, we wanted to not be too ridiculously structured, because we tend to do that. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, sometimes it gets in the way of things. So we were going to experiment with what you've been thinking about this week, my darling. Yes. Well, so I've been thinking about... Um, I've been thinking about self-care, actually, or the lack thereof. So that's like a common theme for herbalists. It's really hard. It re- herbalists are anybody who takes care of other people for a living, Um, or, um, you know, even if it isn't for a living, like if you have a parent, an elderly parent that you're caring for or children that you care for. Um, so, you know, I do this all day, every day, and I really often find myself wishing that there was someone to care for me. And I realized that I need to take care of myself and that's what self care is, (laughs) um, but it's really difficult for those of us who care for other people it's also amazing how frequently one can have that very same realization yeah. over and over again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so hard for, for, for care providers. So it's not that I don't have like a hundred some odd herbs up on the shelves that I could specifically formulate for myself every single day. It's that there's not always time for that. Um, or more more appropriately spoken, there's not always energy left over after mm-hmm. I've cared for other people yeah. for me to think through what I need for myself. Right. So lately, I've been solving this problem by intentionally making too much tea or tincture or whatever I'm making for my clients um, and taking the leftover extra bit home for myself, uh, which I am really loving. It's... Maybe it might be nice to note in this moment that uh, the way we practice uh, herbalism, we tend to work with herbs that you can do that with. Yeah. (laughs) There are certain practitioners we know and are friends with who work frequently with herbs that you would never just share out to another person or you would never just, you know, take a little squirt of while you're mixing up a blend for someone else. Uh, (laughs) Things like aconite, for instance. You don't really want to do that. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. or uh, one of those herbs that Sam was trying to get me to sample with his house that time. And he was like, yeah, this is great. It's like a punch in the liver. 
And I was like, okay. Yeah. You no. Know, no, we really, we practice with, um, for the most part, nutritional plants and, um, you know, I don't know, gentler plants. Plants that, plants yeah. that are widely applicable. And, and most commonly in our practice, I would say we're working on formulas for um, sort of stress-related issues or digestive-related issues or mm-hmm. endocrine-related issues, sure. all of which are, are obviously targeted to the person that I'm working with or that we're working with, but, but also often applicable. Frequently enough, you see enough of yourself in your client that you can say, hmm, yeah, you know, that would actually help me with yeah. a part of my many problems as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, the first time that I did this, it wasn't intentional at all. It's just because there was some left over. But then, but then it started to be intentional because exactly that, because I started being like, hey, I want this formula. Hey, this, this actually looks really nice. Mm. Um, so it's really been a great way to care more for myself. It's kind of like just add hot water, instant self-care, you know, or if it's a tincture, even even easier. Mm. So some recent formulas that I've done this with, um, one was just Tulsi, Hawthorne, and Linden, and it was just like super basic, stress time, delicious tasting um, tea, and that was great. I was like, oh, I'll have some of that. That looks fantastic. So I brought myself a bag of it home and drank it all week, and... Another one that I made for another client was uh, Calendula, Self Heal, Tulsi and Linden, Meadowsweet and Betany, uh, Statues Officinalis there. And this was a, a person where I was trying to improve digestive health, improve um, lymphatic response to eating some food that maybe wasn't fantastic. So, like, uh, sort of lymphatic drainage in the trunk. And um, then also this person really had trouble getting out of their head and getting into a stress-less place to be able to digest their food. And so that's why the Tulsi, Linden, and Bettany are hanging out in there. And that was a really nice blend for a week. I really enjoyed it. But one in particular that I'm really, really loving is a tincture that I made for a client who's having trouble getting out of his head physiologically and also emotionally. There's just way too much energy um, going on in there. And this formula, the, the, the client was kind of complicated. And when I, was, when I was thinking about the formula, there were a lot of different plants that came to mind. But what I originally, or what I ultimately settled on was calamus, betony, Solomon seal, reishi, vanilla, and then a few squirts of an elixir that I had already mixed up that was Tulsi and ghost pipe. And as I was sort of settling in, which, you know, I just sort of stood in front of the giant rack of tinctures as I was thinking. I had all these all these sort of candidates on my mind. Hmm. And as I was standing in front of the tinctures and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And, and really thinking about what I'd been talking with this client about, that, that these were the ones that really came to the forefront for me. And as I was looking at it, I was like, wow, like I, I was really happy with this formula. So I want to talk a little bit about it. Calamus um, is a warming bitter. It's one of the few warming bitters. There's not a lot of those. Um, 
And, you know, any of them might have been might have been good uh, because any time that we give a bitter, we're improving digestion. And, and any time that we give something warming, we're improving circulation. And in this case where I'm specifically looking to help this person get out of their head so much, um, that those those general characteristics would certainly be helpful. But calamus really has that extra added get you out of the sympathetic and back down into the parasympathetic state, kind of really preparing for that rest and digest state and that kind of wide angle view uh, kind of aspect to it. Um, and then wood betony, statues officinalis, uh, also has that get out of your head kind of quality, but it feels different than calamus does. Oh yeah. Um, calamus, it's almost like get out of your head because you're really stimulating some stuff that's lower down, and betony is kind of get out of your head as if it's allowing you to release your hold that's kind of locked you up in there, hmm. um, and which will allow you to kind of fall back down into the place uh, in more in, in a center or a core kind of place of your body. And I notice that I'm using words like fall, and that might sound kind of unpleasant, but um, it's, it's fall in a very supported kind of way. Betony is a plant that I personally really rely on for this. I'm very type A. I'm very task oriented and goal centric. And I've you should see right in front of me. I've got this to do list. It's one day and it's got like 15 things on it. So I, that's you know, I'm always the person who needs help letting go of my cerebral state and allowing myself to come back down into a body place. Um, so those two together just feel really like a great pair. Then the Solomon seal in this particular blend is, you know, Solomon seal we often think about in terms of, um, joint flexibility or, um, synovial fluid balance. Um, often we're thinking about it for things like arthritis, um, or joint pain, um, but in this case, I'm looking more at its emotional aspect. And this is something that we we found ourselves in our own practice before we ever saw it written anywhere, though I, I think that it's something that people are starting to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but really in terms of not just improving physiological flexibility, but emotional flexibility. And... Um, we actually discovered this when uh, Rin was teaching martial arts and sprained his ankle. Yeah. Right. Well, that uh, that didn't go over very well with me at the time. I was kind of frustrated about it and <laughs> pretty grumpy and everything. Uh, so I started working with Solomon Seal as a way to try to resolve the injury, which helped a lot. As fast as possible so you could get back to... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that was the assumed subtext there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and yeah and that helped quite a lot um but it also did uh you know I felt a shift in my in my sort of emotional patterns and my emotional state um which at the time I was mostly thinking of in martial arts terms and so it was the difference between a a block and a deflection so if you're going to just put up a shield and you know get hit there and make a firm structure for it that's blocking but deflecting is taking an oncoming force and redirecting it and 
um, trying to embody that difference in uh, emotional patterns as well as in physical movement was the the kind of key that Solomon Seal uh, handed over to me there. So I found that to be really helpful, and I've worked with it that way for a lot of other folks uh, dealing with similar stubbornness uh, problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that that's that's what we're going for here is that ability to release rigidity and and sort of embrace flexibility or another way of saying that is um, sort of emotionally adaptable so that uh, as things change, which, you know, they always do, change isn't very comfortable, but in any given day, like, I mean, nothing ever works out the way you think it will and you get up in the morning, you think your day is going to be away, and then it's not that way. And that emotional adaptability to be able to just go with it, whatever it happens to be on that given day, is uh, something that Solomon Seal really is excellent at providing. And then reishi extract here, you know, there's so much you can say about reishi, holy cow, um, you could spend, like, we could spend a year's worth of podcasts, I'm sure, just talking about reishi. But in this case, I'm referring to something that I kind of think I read in a Matt Wood book, where it said that um, reishi helps to balance the rational and the emotional mind. And I had seen other similar statements about reishi on on that kind of mental level as opposed to a physiological level and I'd never really understood exactly what they meant but that balance that balance between the emotional and the rational mind really um that that was in my language right there and it's something that I struggle with a lot um that especially when I'm really in productivity mode then I'm really pretty stuck in my rational mind. But um, other times I can get really stuck in my emotional mind. And stuck in either one of those places is uncomfortable. Um, because really, as humans, we should be able to access both um, at any time that we want to. And, and frankly, there's lots of rational things that have some emotion to them. You know, you want to be able to even speak rationally about emotion. And so these are these are things that really can't be separated, can't be comfortably separated. And yet in our culture, we really do put them in completely separate boxes and, and we kind of expect to operate on one or the other at any given time. So the idea here is that making it more comfortable to shift in between those, making it more comfortable to let those two things coexist, the rational and the emotional. And then vanilla, actually. Um, you know, it's funny. I haven't worked with vanilla in quite some time. Until recently, we were recording a Materia Medica segment on vanilla for the uh, Materia Medica program on the online um, learning platform, which is online.commonwealthherbs.com. Product plug there. Check it out. Um, so, and when we were doing that, I was suddenly reminded, like, hold on, why am I not using vanilla every single day? In fact, uh, a student 
uh, several years ago had made me a whole big bottle of vanilla tincture for my birthday. And at the time I tasted it, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And then I was like, you know, like I always do. Well, clearly I need to save this for something really important. <laughs> yeah. And and so then we were recording that segment and I was like, holy cow, I have this whole bottle of this and it's really excellent. And why am I just letting it sit on the shelf like this? I need to be using it. So vanilla really has such an uplifting quality, such a... Um, you know, it's one of those herbs that I refer to as kind of effervescent. Um, obviously, it's not carbonated, but um, just that kind of lift you up, make you feel a little lighter kind of aspect. And I really wanted that in this um, in this formula because I really wanted the experience of... Um, coming down out of the cerebral state and being more physically present or more present in the physical body. Um, and also being more emotionally present, you know, that cerebral state in, you know, getting stuck in your thinky space, that's very abstracted. And, and that, that too is like, jarring to have to interact with the real tangible world when you are kind of abstra abstracted into your thinky place. And so anyway, so I wanted the feeling of getting back into that present body space to be something positive and to be something that felt comfortable and, and not heavy, like, like very uplifted. So so the vanilla went in for that. Plus it does taste really awesome. And then, um, and then we had this, yeah, this elixir that was a, a Tulsi elixir with just a smidge of ghost pipe in it. And those are two of my favorite plants. Uh, Tulsi is another one of those uplifting plants and this was Tulsi infused honey. So it was just completely perfect. And, um, the ghost pipe is, you know, it's a very rare plant. Uh, we make a very small amount of ghost pipe medicine each year. Um, last year we didn't make any because of the drought. Mm. Um, we do have ghost pipe that grows on our own property and we take just, you know, five stalks of it, um, maybe eight, uh, and put into a pint of vodka and that will last us for a year or two. Even um, even with lots of students and clients and everything, yeah. you just don't need very much. And so we only make it on a year when it's very abundant. And um, and so anyway, so there's just, just a smidge of that in this, in this mix. But Ghost Pipe just has that really beautiful mm. ability to help you balance... Um, you know, when there's a lot of stimulating input, when there's a lot of uh, things on your mind, and just to kind of let that be okay and not be something that needs to grab your attention and, and pull you away from the present. Hmm. So that was the thinking behind this formula, and wow, do I ever love it. Yeah, it tastes really good. It's got this nice layering. You know, there's the... Bitter notes coming through from the reishi and calamus. There's a 
bit of a, a sweetness from the Solomon seal and a little touch of sweetness in the vanilla as well. And then those aromatics coming up from the betony and the, the Tulsi aspect, the vanilla for sure. Um, it's really nice. Mm. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So that's my new theme. I'll have what they're having. Nice. Uh, so mine isn't as cool, but this week... <laughs> <laughs> it's totally cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's all right. Uh, so this week what I've been um, paying attention to actually is uh, the different expressions of flavor that you can get in a couple of fruits. So um, I actually probably started thinking about this because we were, you know, like you said, recording for the Materia Medica um, module in our online program. and That's online.commonwealthherbs.com. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> one that we're, uh, we're still just fleshing out a bit is the monograph on orange peel. And uh, I was digging back into that a little bit to, you know, prepare. And um, one of the things that I was uh, reminded of is this distinction people make between bitter orange and sweet orange peel. And um, in some ways that accounts for uh, a pretty substantial difference that you'll see between the way most uh, Chinese medicine practitioners will write about the herb versus Western Western practitioners. Um, and there are a few herbalists that I... Uh, that I read, that I learn from, that I respect a lot, who will draw these pretty strong distinctions between the two types. And um, it's it's very intriguing to me, and then I also noticed that, you know, if you look back at the eclectics or the physiomedicalists from the 1800s, um, who we often turn to as kind of authorities on the the clinical use and practice with herbs, uh, all of their entries for orange peel just say, eh, yeah, there's sweet ones, there's bitter ones. You're mostly using it as a flavoring anyway, so don't worry about it too much. <laughs> um, I find that intriguing. But, uh, you know, on that on that level of organoleptic assessment, on the level of, you know, being able to taste something and divine uh, or to experience its qualities or its energetic nature, the way it's going to affect the body, that's a place where that becomes very apparent. You know, you, you get your citrus orangium, your your bitter orange, and then you get your citrus sinensis, your sweet orange. They're very, very similar. They have a lot of overlap in their constituent base, but there's just a bit more of those bitter elements in the bitter one, and a little more of the sweetness coming through in the sweet, and that impression that it makes in your mouth when you make a tea with it, or when you taste a tincture, it's really substantially different. And uh, it just makes it apparent that if somebody is coming at this question uh from a very you know a very uh like microbiological aspect and saying all right well i want to get an herb that has a lot of flavonoids and samanthocyanins and maybe some little you know bitter terpenes kicking around here and there they'd probably look at you know the readouts for both of those plants and figure they were basically the same but if you were basing your uh decision on whether to use this herb uh for a given individual or not you would base that more on the flavor and you would say, yeah, I've got somebody here, and he's got a lot of fluid stagnation and these, like, excess, you know, watery problems hanging around, then definitely let's get more of the bitterness into them. Whereas, you know, for that sweet one, I'd be more inclined to include that with things like goji berries and licorice and Solomon seal, where we're trying to build somebody up and, you know, moisten and structure and bring in that earth energy. So, I like it in that um, tea blend that we have that is turmeric and lemongrass and uh, um, goji berries and a bunch of other stuff. I like the sweet orange peel in there. Mm. I I also really love sweet orange peel with St. John's wort. Yeah. Just the two together. It's so good. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the other reason that I was I was thinking about it because you know you might have somebody and say, well, I've got a bunch of oranges, but are they sweet or bitter? It's like, oh, no problem. <laughs> Peel them off, dry them, wait, and then taste it. Taste You'll it. be all set. You know, take a bite while you're. I don't know. I think you can you can eat right through the orange peel. It's fine. Of you course you can. You don't have to peel it. Yeah. I mean, we're just so American. There's a bunch of fiber in there. Did you see this movie K-Pax? No. It's got Kevin Spacey in it, which some space movie. He's like an alien, and uh, <laughs> he is like an alien. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and uh, but in there, one of his alien ways is to just completely eat whatever vegetable or fruit is put in front of him, and you know, he probably really did that. I have these expectations. Whatever. The point here was orange peel. Yeah. So then that also made me think a little bit about apple. Wait. Right. Orange peel. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to say about the orange peel that we use. Oh, okay. Um, So all winter long, um, when we can find organic clementines, that's actually the orange peel that I like best. Ah, yeah. Um, Sweet. Well, it is sweet, but it's also bitter. Yeah. And, um... The f- it's so tasty. It's so tasty. Okay, anyway, so that's what I do. Um, my daughter just loves clementines, and so... And this generalizes, too. You know, there's so many different kinds of citrus fruit you may encounter. Yeah. And if you want to know, well, is this going to be more cooling or structuring or draining or what? So taste it. That's all yeah. you need. Right? Just, just one more reminder to go back to that. And then the apple thing was just sort of an extension. Um, I've been thinking a little bit about apples. We missed doing a holiday video for Mabin recently, um, and we were also going to tie it to... Back to um, school. To, and to Rosh Hashanah, because mm-hmm. um, they all sort of happened around the same time with the way the different calendars lined up this year. Um, yeah, we'll have to do that one next year. Yeah. I don't know if they'll all end up, though, because the thing that drew them together um, was apples, because um, in, in each of those there was a, a connection to apples, whether it was they were about to fruit and be ready to harvest, or there's a thing with uh, the honeyed apples at the at the Rosh Hashanah celebration, and then, of course, an apple for teacher. Yeah. Right? So um, that was going to be the, the herb to discuss there. But, you know, so then I'd been thinking about them, and um, I don't know, I was think I was just in the shop one day, and I was feeling a little, uh, well, we are herbalists, and I guess we might as well get it out of the way early. Like just, I was just say it. Feeling a little loose in the bowels there, you know? And I was <laughs> like, hmm, what can I do to solve this? Uh, hey, there's a sour apple. That's exactly what I want. Like, that sourness, that astringency, nice, you know, crisp Granny Smith. Um, that was perfect. Plus, it's got some fiber in there. Take care of my gut flora. You know, put things back in order. And it worked really well. And pectin, too, which is an underlooked probiotic, uh, prebiotic. Yeah, totally. So that worked very well. And, uh, again, it was that same proof of, like, a sweet, sweet apple, you know, that wouldn't have really solved the problem in the same way there. you got to go by taste as a as an indicator of effect. So, um, don't forget. That's really it. <laughs> Put lots of stuff in your mouth. That's how babies learn. Yeah. Everything goes in the mouth. They're experiencing their world that way. It turns out herbalists can do that, too. Yeah. It's a good thing we're not pharmacists. Not with the carrot family, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jokes about poison. Okay, I think we've done everything then for this in- initial podcast. We've got, <laughs> we've got like, uh, bowel disorders. We've got jokes about poison. We've got uh, clinical stories. We've got all have what they're having. All the things that uh, herbalists love to talk about. Everything you need, yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, Wait, we didn't disagree on anything. Oh, don't worry. There's always time. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you next week. And who knows what the topic will be because um, it'll be whatever we're thinking about next week. Yeah. <laughs> see you then.